This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We want to start off by thanking all of you who contributed to our annual pledge drive last week. want to start off by noting with a tinge of disappointment that we were not able to meet our target of $60,000 raised in one week. But fortunately, and, and traditionally, the contributions tend to trickle in over a more like two or three week period. So if you didn't make a, a contribution last week, it's still possible for you to do so. In fact, why don't we let America's foremost political comic uh, weigh in on that one. Hey guys, Will Durst here. You know, it's great being able to come to you every week here on Radio Parallax. But KDVS does need your support to keep bringing you the music and the news and the sports and the public affairs and, well, me, week in and week out. So please, pick up the phone, pledge whatever you can, because we can't do it without you. This is Will Durst, your Lieutenant Governor from the State of Confusion for KDVS. Well put, Mr. Durst, and... uh. Dear listener, you can go still to fundraiser.kdvs.org and make a contribution. And I urge you in the strongest possible terms to do exactly that. Without your financial support, KDVS won't be here. I won't be here. Will Durst won't be here. And that wouldn't be any fun at all. Special thanks to all of you who chipped in during our hour last week. I want to again thank all the KDVS volunteers who were down here manning the phone and doing what it takes to keep uh, keep operations going. also want to thank Todd Urich, who filled in uh, as my wingman so admirably last week. And also to our general manager, Kevin Corrigan, who has stepped up to the mic as we close things down. We'll be talking to Kevin in the future about, uh, about things at the Los Angeles Times, as promised on last week's program. We hope on next week's show to also have a return by Gerald Nachman to talk about his book, the Rebel Comics of the 1950s and 1960s. We also hope to get an extended appearance by our good pal Will Durst, who making an appearance as California's Lieutenant Governor from the State of Confusion at the uh, Crest Theater on May 8th. Mr. Durst certainly is uh, one of the heirs of those uh, great Rebel Comics back in the 50s and 60s, which have shaped uh, American comedy um, uh, for this whole time. Want to note too that I was greeted with some skepticism by Mr. McMillan when I suggested that I might offer a, a lunch to anyone who would donate $100 to the station. But fortunately, Trisha took me up on that. And thank you for your donation, Trisha. And it was great having lunch with you. Yes, I must officially state I had to eat my words on that one. Sir, never underestimate the host of Radio Parallax. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess you do control a few cards, don't you? Anyway, let's start the program as we like to do with On This Date in History. Our date in question is April 29th, and it was on April 29th in 1699 in Paris that the French Academy of Sciences held its first public meeting at the Louvre. 
On this date, in 1925, the U.S. National Academy of Sciences elected its first woman member, histologist Florence Rena Sabin. And on this same date, April 29th, in 1949, the retiring president of the British Royal Academy was heckled as he described modern art as silly daubs, ridiculing artists such as Picasso, Matisse, and Henry Moore. On this date in 1975, as North Vietnamese troops closed in on Saigon, U.S. forces began a massive helicopter evacuation of 1,000 Americans and 6,000 Vietnamese from the capital. The Vietnam War, in fact, would end the next day as North Vietnamese troops occupied the presidential palace in Saigon and South Vietnamese General Duong Van Minh, acting for the government, surrendered. And although 55,000 Americans and probably over a million Vietnamese lost their life in the conflict, the people in charge of the military industry did pretty well. And uh, it's sad to note that the uh, ugly scam of war for the sake of making money is, uh, has been reworked again over in Iraq. This might be as good a place to any to note that the opinions you hear on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regents of the University of California. Having said that, I would add that the Iraq War is still a scam, just like Vietnam was. A quote today comes from Jay Leno, who said, During the economic meltdown, employees at the SEC were using government computers to watch pornography. Ironically, while they were watching porn, the other employees were watching Goldman Sachs screw the entire country. And a quote today comes from Jimmy Fallon, who said, A radical Islamic cleric has said that women who wear revealing clothing are responsible for earthquakes. In response, geologists have said, Well, it's worth it. Our joke of the day comes for us from former KDVS station manager and KZFR DJ Stephen Valentino, who forwarded the following item from foxnews.com science and technology section. The headline from Tuesday's article was, Has Noah's Ark been found on Turkish mountaintop? The subheadline was, The remains of Noah's Ark have been discovered 13,000 feet up on a Turkish mountain according to a sensational claim by evangelical explorers. The article went on to quote Yang Wing Cheng from the Noah's Ark Ministries International research team that made the discovery, who said, It's not 100% certain that it is Noah's Ark, but we think it is 99.9% certain that this is it. The joke came from Mr. Valentino's comment, which was, Fair and balanced reporting. Is the earth flat? Well, someone thinks so. And I have to admit, no doubt there are some people who are 99.9% certain that the earth is flat. Our stat of the day is that the average American pays 20.7% of his income in federal taxes, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Federal taxes have remained essentially flat, apparently, over the past 30 years. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. A 
According to The Week magazine, it was a good week last week for Lactococcus lactus, a bacteria used in the making of cheddar and Monterey Jack cheese. It was named the official state microbe of Wisconsin, giving Wisconsin the distinction of being the only state to have an official microbe. It was, on the other hand, a bad week last week for balancing the federal budget after it was revealed that General Electric, yes, major defense contractor and media corporation General Electric, reported a $10.8 billion profit for the year, but oddly enough, didn't pay a single cent in income tax to the U.S. government. That's because GE reported a loss in its U.S. operations, saying, we presume with a straight face, that all of its profits were made abroad. (laughs) That's why that 20.7% income tax rate of the average American is not going to go down anytime soon. Of course, there are some Republican thinkers out there who believe that, you know, if you tax corporations, they just pass the tax along, which uh, I don't think is 100% true. But at any rate, it was apparently an ugly week last week for anti-incumbent fever after Mayor Barbara Brock of Tracy City, Tennessee, was defeated by challenger Carl Geary, even though Geary had died a month before the vote. Said local restaurant owner Chris Rogers, I know he was deceased. I know that sounds stupid, but we wanted someone other than her. And I guess they now have someone other than her who's dead. And from the Only in America file, we have the following. Evidently, three bisexual men are now suing the Gay Softball World Series, claiming they were penalized for not being gay enough. The plaintiff's team finished second in the competition, but were pulled aside and quizzed by officials on their sexual inclination. The officials then ruled them non-gay and disqualified the team. This is the Gay World Series, not the Bisexual World Series, one of the plaintiffs alleges he was told. The three are now seeking $75,000 for emotional distress. And in a somewhat related story, we have the following. Article by Joanne Laviglio from the Associated Press. Dateline Philadelphia. Incumbent. Foe fakes bisexuality in a bid for votes. Wrote Ms. Laviglio. The old tactic of dragging out an opponent's sexual skeletons for political gain is being turned on its head in the city of brotherly love. In a left-leaning district anchoring a roughly three-square-block area known as the Gaberhood, where gay pride rainbows grace even the street signs, a state representative accuses her foe of pretending to be bisexual to win votes. Representative Babette Josephs said Greg Kravitz, her challenger in the May 18th Democratic primary, told her he was gay, then appeared at a campaign event with a woman who introduced herself as his girlfriend. Josephs told supporters, I outed him as a straight person, and now he goes around telling people, quote, I swing both ways. That's quite a respectful way to talk about sexuality. 
She apparently continued, they'll be cheating during the election if he can get away with it because he already has tried to lie to people about a whole bunch of stuff, including his sexuality. Kravitz responded by saying he isn't using his sexual orientation as a, quote, primary talking point, end quote. Kravitz, age 29, describes himself as openly bisexual and currently in a relationship with a woman. And I'd also like to note something we meant to talk about on last week's program, that uh, the week before last, Texas Stadium, where the NFL's Dallas Cowboys played their home games for 38 seasons, was blown up as part of a deliberate demolition. We'd like to add editorially that Radio Parallax completely approves of blowing up Texas Stadium and anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Blowing things up is something we hope they do a lot more of, down in the Lone Star State. There's a bit of follow-up to that story about uh, al-Qaeda leaders that were killed in Iraq a couple weeks back. I did note that when it was reported that Abu Ayyub al-Masri, an Egyptian who was the leader of al-Qaeda in Iraq, and Abu Omar al-Baghdadi, head of the group's umbrella organization, the Islamic State of Iraq, had in fact had both been reported killed in the past. This time, the military produced photographs of the bodies and confirmed their identities through DNA testing, allegedly. And by the way, until we invaded seven years ago, there was no such thing as Al-Qaeda in Iraq. And speaking of terrorists uh, who like to murder people, this month marked the uh, 15th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing by Timothy McVeigh. Former President Bill Clinton spoke at a memorial to those tragic events of a decade and a half ago, and said that the extreme rhetoric coming today from the right reminds him of the climate in April 1995 with, quote, profoundly alienated, disconnected people insisting that the greatest threat to American freedom is our government. Such demonizing rhetoric, he warned, has the potential for stirring a violent response. All right, uh, we celebrated uh, the Earth Day anniversary, 40 years of Earth Day since um, 1970. And I'm horrified to note that in 1970, the atmospheric carbon dioxide of planet Earth was about 326 parts per million. And 40 years later, it's at 387 parts per million, which means it's increased by one-eighth over the past 40 years. We've got to do better. And as a bit of follow, which may explain our earlier comments about the Noah's Ark story, we have a curious study reported in New Scientist magazine, which notes that in some people anyway, the brain appears to shut off in response to prayer. Note of the magazine, when we fall under the spell of a charismatic figure, areas of the brain responsible for skepticism and vigilance become less active. At least that's the finding of a study which looked at people's responses to prayers spoken by someone purportedly possessing divine healing powers. Researchers at Aarhus University in Denmark 
turned to Pentecostal Christians who believe that some people have divinely inspired powers of healing, wisdom, and prophecy. Using functional magnetic resonant imaging, researchers scanned the brains of 20 Pentecostalists and 20 normal people. Actually, the magazine described them as 20 non-believers while playing them recorded prayers. The volunteers were told that six of the prayers were read by non-Christians, six by an ordinary Christian, and six by a healer. Turns out, in fact, all were read by what were described as ordinary Christians. In the devout volunteers, the brain activity monitored by the, monitored by the researchers changed in response to the prayers. Parts of the prefrontal and anterior cingulate cortices, which play key roles in vigilance and skepticism when judging the truth and importance of what people are saying, were deactivated when the subjects listened to a supposed healer. A researcher said this explains why certain individuals can gain influence over others and concludes that their ability to do so depends heavily on preconceived notions of their authority and trustworthiness. And I think we may have some insight here into why people who read foxnews.com believe they probably have found parts of Noah's Ark up in Turkey. They noted that it's not clear whether the results extend beyond religious leaders, but researcher Ufe Schott speculated that brain regions may be deactivated in a similar way in response to parents, politicians, and doctors. And I'd like to add that as a physician, the possibility that that when I'm talking to them, people's brains deactivate, at least in certain instances, would explain a lot. All right, I'd like to note that the finest thing I saw uh, or heard in the media last week was Bill Moyer's journal last Friday night. I was stunned to note in, uh, in watching that program that it was Bill Moyer's second-to-the-last journal. Tomorrow's broadcast will be his final Moyer said, many of you wrote to say you were alarmed at the possibility we were being pushed off the air, that higher-ups or dark powers pointed to the door and said, go. Well, you can relax. Didn't happen. He said, I'm leaving for one reason and one reason alone. It's time. Believe me, it wasn't an easy decision. I like what I do, cherish my colleagues, and enjoy your company. But I'll be 76 in a few weeks, and there's some things I want to do that deadlines and demands of a weekly broadcast make impossible. So for me, it's now or never. I informed public television of my decision more than a year ago, intending to leave back in December. But my colleagues at PBS asked me to extend the series four more months to give them time to prepare a new public affairs series. And I want to tell you, Bill Moyers is going to be missed, especially because uh, his repeat interview with William K. Black was spectacularly good. In fact, I need to excerpt from it a bit. While I talk about going after Goldman Sachs, Moyers noted that people heard about this a year before on his program. When William K. Black commented on fraud by saying that fraud is deceit. The essence of fraud is I create trust in you and then I betray that trust and get you to give me something of value. Moyers noted that Black was on Capitol Hill last week testifying about another failed financial firm, Lehman Brothers. Black said, Lehman's failure is a story in large part of fraud, and it is fraud that begins at the absolute latest in 2001. Moyers asked him how it was that fraud was at the center of all this, and Black said, well, 
When you deregulate or never regulate, mortgage bankers were never regulated, you effectively have decriminalized that industry because only the regulators can serve as the Sherpas, that the FBI and the prosecutors need to be able to understand and prosecute these kind of complex frauds. They can do one or two or maybe three on their own, but when an entire industry is beset with wide-scale fraud, you have to have the regulators. And the regulators were the problem. They became a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure because they, President Bush appointed people who hated regulation, I call them the anti-regulators, and that's what they were. Said Black, the Fed had unique authority, and it had it since 1994 to regulate every single mortgage lender in America. You might think the Fed would use that authority. And you might especially think that if you knew that Gramlich, one of the Fed members, went personally to Alan Greenspan and said, there's a housing bubble. There's a terrible crisis in non-prime. We need to send the examiners in. We need to use our regulatory authority. And Greenspan refused. Lehman was brought down primarily by selling liar's loans. It was the biggest seller of liar's loans in the world. We look at these liar's loans, we find 90% fraud. 90%. We find that most of the frauds were not induced by the borrower, but they were overwhelmingly done by the loan broker. Moyers and liar's loans are black. A liar's loan is we don't get any verified information from you about your income, your employment, your job history, your assets. Moyers, you give me a loan, no questions asked. Black, no real questions asked, certainly no answers checked. And then showed a clip from Timothy Geithner wherein he said, the Federal Reserve, under the laws of this land, was not given any legal authority to set or enforce limits on risk-taking by large financial institutions. To which Black added, This is pretty, pretty disingenuous, because other portions of his testimony, he explains why there was this gap. He said it was because we repealed Glass-Steagall. Well, the Fed pushed for the repeal of Glass-Steagall. So this is a deliberately created regulatory black hole created by the Fed, and then the Fed comes into this hearing eight years later and says, we were helpless, helpless to do anything because of a black hole that we designed. Anyway, do yourself a favor, go on the web, pull up the uh, transcript of the interview, Bill Moyers, William K. Black. Mr. Moyers is certainly going to be missed, but we need to take a short break. So let's do that. I'm Douglas Evett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. Radio Parallax.